Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. So before I introduce this week's guest, I just want to thank everybody who is a regular listener for being so loyal. And if you're a new listener, I'm so happy you're here. You could just take two minutes or less and rate me on iTunes. Five-star review would be awesome. That helps me keep current on the charts and really helps spread the word about the podcast. So today on the podcast, I am holding an emergency session with Kate Casey, the amazing podcaster who has, of course, her own famous podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey. And we had to do this. We had no choice. We had (laughs) to break down this week's OC. I, I mean, I just started dropping my podcast once a week, and yet here we are. I'm dropping two days in a row. Just Amazing. like Congress, we have to move fast, right, Kate? We gotta move fast. Gotta move it. We gotta move yep. fast. I mean we text all the time and this week we just said we how can we let this go unpodcasted? I know. I know. I feel like Orange County has been incredibly boring for a long time. And that's not to say that this necessarily blew my hair back, but it's definitely been a it was I was rattled by how how different it this episode was compared to the snooze fest that it typically has been (laughs) i'll agree that the last few seasons have been a snooze fest but i think this season i know and you and i differ on this but i think this season has been very good and this episode i want to say this episode goes down in housewives history oh god i don't know about that (laughs) that's a little bit let's wow should i take it down a notch well, I, I feel like you're you've been a prisoner, right? <laughs> you've just been released and you're eating eggs, fresh eggs for the first time. And it's like they're eggs from Denny's. They're not even that good. But you've just been subjected to prison, prison food for so long. Well, all right. You might be right. But this was drama from beginning to end. So let's start. We're, we're basically picking up at the hospital where Shannon has been injured by a mallet on a bowl. Uh, they start with a nurse asking if they want to press charges. Is it a concussion or is no concussion? Did we ever actually determine if it's a real concussion? I don't think it was a concussion. I don't think they determined it. There was, they alluded to it a bunch of times, but based on the sequence of events that happened afterwards, I would say no, given Shannon was drinking. She didn't seem to display the same uh, symptoms that my son had when he had a concussion, when he fell out of a playmate's hammock in the backyard over cement. So I'm going to say no. Jack had to lay in a dark room, could not have any noise for at least three days. We no, no tequila for him, I guess. Monitoring the situation every five minutes. And Shannon went on to drink, to jump around, to stay up late. So I would go with no. And that's coming from someone who has zero medical expertise. All right, Dr. Casey. So Kelly is coming in hot, like really hot. So I guess my question is like, what is she on? <laughs> I, I think Kelly feels like she's on her own island all the time. Let's get down to it. I mean, the, these women are not friends. I don't think they even really talk to each other when they're not filming the show. As, like you, you can't compare it to New York where they keep in touch all the time. So well, wait, you don't think that even Shannon and Tamara talk and Vicky trace amigas. I think if they do talk, it's logistics having to do with the show. Wow. It's plotting and planning and like 
what's going to happen when we start filming. Do I think that they call each other with, with advice for one another in the midst of a crisis? No, I think that particularly Tamara, I think she had probably is two different personalities. I think she has her off camera personality, which is probably pretty normal day to day, boring person who just goes to work and picks the kids up or does whatever. And then I think she turns it on for the show. I think she's so skilled at being a reality television personality. She innately knows what works for TV. So when she's sitting in the doctor's office or the, you know, the emergency room or the medical walk-in office, and she's reacting to the medical assistant saying, do you want to press charges? She knows that makes for great TV. She knows that when she drops the train comment or that she says, you know, just so you know, my ex-husband had uh, leakage from his spinal, you know, from his <laughs> right. spine or whatever. She knows it's going to make good TV. It's going to get somebody fired up because they're filming so for so many hours. And I would be pissed off, too, if after like 10 seasons I sat and filmed for hours and hours and hours, knowing while you're going through the process, none of this is going to be used for TV. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. But I think maybe it's just because we're a little more savvy than maybe others. But but not really. I, I think that you're 100 percent right. And the problem is, is that it's transparent so that when it's happening, it feels like, oh, there's Tamara producing and not being totally authentic. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm hmm. Like, I think Kelly doesn't know that. I think she's so off the rails that she's just being Kelly. Do you agree? I do agree. I think that's that's why she's spectacular television, (laughs) because she doesn't she's easily rattled. She already feels isolated. She doesn't trust anybody. I mean, I don't really know who's in her inner circle. If she does have an inner circle, she keeps them way off TV and probably for good reason. But she's so reactionary that she makes for great TV. And the one thing I have to say about Kelly, which I really appreciate, is that she doesn't have a filter. Again, great TV. So if you ask her, she's very reactionary and she'll tell you like it is. Where the other ones, I feel like they take a breath and they're filtering it through their head. Like, how does how is this going to play out on social media seven months from now? A hundred percent. She has no filter, which I agree makes her great for the show. And frankly, and you and I have said this on text, it makes her, you know, the best part of the show. So she's going basically defending uh, her pounding of Shannon's head with, I knocked some sense into that bitch, quote unquote. <laughs> then she hits Gina on the head. So by the way, I watched this again last night for the second time, even better on the second viewing and took notes this time. So as I'm writing it, I'm realizing this is a funny transcript. Uh, I knocked some sense into that bitch. Then she hits Gina on the head, which really sets off Gina and Gina calls Kelly and I quote a fucking bitch. Kelly screams out, I barely hit her on the head. Emily and Bronwyn telling her to apologize and fix it. And then Gina and Kelly start fight too. By the way, that's what I loved about this episode. There's multiple fights with the same people. Like there's part two on all of the oh, fights, I know. right? It was, it was good. And I, I love the moment when Kelly rips Gina apart for not being accomplished because I know because she doesn't own 10 houses. Just first of all, look at I laughed at that because (laughs) 
those of us who are watching this show are all texting each other. She does have a point. Is she accomplished? Like she got married out of college. Has she run a corporation? Has she had like a professional job? She just became a mother and now she's on a reality television show. Like, is that, is that something to say? And listen, I'm a mother too. But the way that she phrased it, it was like, I'm a really accomplished person. Like, I've had high achievements in my life. Yeah, and the because- way that Kelly, Kelly was like, uh, but have you? So I, she had me there. I was like, I don't know. That's a good point. Is she accomplished? But then when Kelly goes through her list of all her, every time Kelly has this list of accomplishments, it's grossly exaggerated. The numbers never stack up. Now she's owned 10 houses before it was like three houses. She sold companies. Like it's never the same list of achievements. Yeah. I've got millions of dollars. Also, listen, I think once you've owned or put a quarter of a million dollars into a vegan water company you're accomplished i mean let's be real i agree with her i I, (laughs) that's what i'm saying she had a point she was like i have a business and then when she said vegan water i have assets do you have assets i was like well maybe she has a point because now she's like divorced to a guy who's now unemployed they're living in a rental house these are not things typically that a real housewife we expect we expect this mansion businesses the Rolls Royces. So I do think it's funny because those of us who are watching the show for many, many years are like, I don't know, should we be having these people who have like kind of depressing lives on TV anymore? I mean, <laughs> we went through a period where it was like the mansions and then the midway market was like people who were all hat and no cattle. So it was like their house was in foreclosure. So we were pissed about that. And now it's just like blatantly rental renters. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. The casita. I... I agree that that's all true, and I want to see aspirational and rich and all that, but I think it's an unfair characterization to call say accomplished. And I do agree with Shannon, who said, "Look, I raised kids. I'm raising kids. You know, that's an incredible accomplishment. Like, let's cut the bullshit, Kelly. Well, maybe you want to say like, like you have no money. That's fair. Is that what she said? Wait. Yeah, when back. they went she back. Said, so then when Gina, she said, are you accomplished? Is that what she said? Wait, who? When Kelly went after Gina, yeah. what was the hurt? exact phrasing let me see if i wrote it back uh she says they're not on the same level she's not an accomplished woman oh okay yeah that's yeah. That's, that's a burn that's oh a burn. they both went to jail by the way kelly went what did kelly go to jail for she never said what she went to jail for but she had said and because they showed an archival footage that three right. weeks prior she said don't worry i've been in the clink too <laughs> but i'm assuming that the was clink. probably like she peed in public or something. And only Kelly uses words like the clink. Like she's from another era. Her jokes are so hokey, right? (laughs) She's just, she's so bizarre, but I love it. I do. I do get, get a kick out of the accomplished thing too, because it's like, she's had a business for four minutes. And so (laughs) it's kind of like, so when somebody gets married, like those, uh, the roll off boy that got married and then put a book out about like how to have a strong marriage. It's like, uh, let's just wait a couple minutes. Yeah. Until the business goes bankrupt. Um, and yeah, that whole thing is just, this was crazy. All right. Then Gina and Emily have their first fight because there's two Gina and Emily fights. Also, Gina tells her she's been angry because she was pressuring her into Vegas. And Kelly's saying, these girls are nuts. I can't take it. And I wrote pot kettle. 
Um, <laughs> then Gina packs her bags. She does a lot of t- packing her bags. She, Emily's saying she didn't want to come because, I mean, Emily, yeah, Emily's saying she didn't want to come because Gina's been icing her. Emily's always been there for Gina. Gina's breaking down over Matt. Emily's like, what, the affair thing? And Gina's like, yeah, I'm still going through it. And then Gina said, I'm going to my casita, which am I the only person who thought she meant she was going back to the OC and going back to that like one square foot casita? Oh, I thought so. I thought so, too. I <laughs> did. Like, Didn't she upgrade to that ugly rental house? Are we really going back to the casita? She I, loves that word, apparently. I don't get their friendship. I, well, I, first of all, I don't think they really have like that real of a friendship. I think really? that they were both thrown onto the show together. Yeah. They had have absolutely nothing in common, but clung to each other because in the first year of these shows, usually the vultures come out and you go through a hazing period. So that was their bond. And now as this, you know, second season, I think that the, the cracks in the relationship are starting to show. I think that Emily secretly thinks Jean is really stupid because Emily's this attorney. And uh, by the way, remember when Emily said, I'm a party planner and an attorney, <laughs> as if you could do both of those things. Uh, I think that Gina thinks that Emily is a stick in the mud uptight. I think that Gina is thrilled that the older women are giving her a time, the time of day. I think Emily's like, do you have any hours we've sat and ripped apart those women and how we hate them and right. how they destroyed the franchise? And if we can only kick them off the show and get our own friends in the show, we would rule the world. <laughs> so I feel like she thinks that she's abandoned her. Totally. Yes, uh, that's that's definitely right. But what do you think is going on with Gina? Because is it really just the affair? Because we find out, obviously, no, in real life. No, it's obviously very, very dark stuff. But right. I think that she's stuck because she's protecting her right. family, right? I think she's obviously very embarrassed about it. But also, I think that she's wrestling with feelings, as an abusive woman probably would typically do, with feelings of like protecting him and like, is she culpable? And I think that she has this so buried so deep. So I feel like this story is extremely dark, maybe even too dark for TV. And I don't, I never liked it that when they cast her, that we never met him. Yes. And I feel like they both mutually bamboozled us because I don't think it's fair to be on the show. If you're not going to open all aspects of your life, you cannot be a housewife and not let your, and your husband doesn't appear. It doesn't work. It's not fair. And I feel like now the producers are painted in the corner because they're like, well, if we get rid of her, then we look like we're not supporting women. But it just this the story, it's not in sync with the others. Agree. And uh, just a teaser that I spoke, Alec Baskin and I, who is the co-president of Evolution, or is the president of Evolution, who produces the show. He and I had dinner a couple weeks ago. We talked about Gina and other stuff. And he's going to come on the pod in a couple weeks to answer a lot of those questions. So... We're going to get some good inside scoop on Gina season one, too, because I have a lot like you, like you. I have a lot of questions about that. OK, so moving on. So then she goes back to uh, Gina, goes back to the casita, not that casita. And Tamara and Shannon are like, what's up? She's like, oh, Kelly just hit me on the head, too. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm forgetting the phone call when Kelly calls the girls in the car. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Tamara? I mean. <laughs> ranting like a lunatic shannon's crying how could someone be so cruel uh tamra then in her testimonial says kelly is kind of an asshole sometimes and then i wrote pot kettle um (laughs) (laughs) then she goes to casita she tells them about the accomplished woman thing shannon says you are accomplished and i thought that was pretty sweet and genuine from shannon that was sweet that was sweet yeah because also 
Shannon. Also, don't don't kick somebody while they're down. She's right. obviously in the throes <laughs> of like divorce. Yes, having a mental breakdown, and then you're like, you, by the way, you're a loser. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> but okay. Kelly doesn't care, Kate. That's the beauty of it. By the way, if I lived within this show, I was a housewife. I'm probably a totally different perspective. But we're speaking as the <laughs> outsiders watching, expecting them to entertain us. So don't come out with me, at me with your tweets about how I'm not supportive of like some of the women I'm just speaking to somebody who's viewing this episode and wanting to be entertained. Yes. That's how we always speak. This has nothing. And by the way, we should say, you do know a lot of these women personally, and this has not, and it's, as do I, I know a few of them. I interviewed Shannon for my podcast and I liked her very much, but when I watch her on the show, I watch as a viewer, just like you. So we, yeah. we, we in a sense are two people. Uh, on and off the mic, if that makes no sense. Okay, moving on. So then we get, oh wait, I have Shannon was turned off by Kelly saying Costco, Walmart. Oh, that was the funniest thing. Did you find that by hilarious? By I thought that whole scene was hysterical <laughs> because, hysterical. listen, she's got to make use of her time on TV. You know, she's, she can reveal all she wants about herself in her own private confessional yeah. moments. And the filming with her daughter or mother or whatever, but she's trying to make the most of the time that she has in this season to plug the vegan water. And (laughs) I even think that the people at Miraval got a kick out of it because they seem to be laughing too. I mean, I don't think those people really thought we are going to make these women change their mindsets. Like it's, there's camera. And by the, it's not like they're all on board with the Miraval protocol because they're drinking tequila and they have chefs making them Food that I'm sure has carbohydrates in it. (laughs) Food looked amazing, I have to say. I was like, somebody somebody in my group said, would you rather go to Dallas, the trip to uh, Dallas, to Mexico, or the wellness retreat? And I actually said the wellness retreat because I felt like the food looked delicious. Oh, a million percent. I love a wellness retreat. Please send me to Miraval. (laughs) And Mexico, I always get sick, so... Uh, Kelly said, oh, Vicky said we need to up Kelly's medication. And I wrote in all caps, not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And then I wrote in all caps, hate Trace Amigas. I do. Nothing makes me. The only thing I hate more than Trace Amigas is Dr. Deb. Oh, that's (laughs) wow. That's a dark. Yeah, that's a dark storyline. Trace Amigas. It's not happening. I felt like. Right. They're trying to make it happen. Yeah, I felt like in the beginning of the season, it's uh, it's not as bad as it was in the beginning. But I'm thinking that they're seeing all these housewife, housewives making money doing these jaunts to yeah. casinos and making money. And they're like, let's do this, but we'll do it our own way. Yeah, they're trying to be Andy Coat. They, they said they we want to do tours. Like, nobody gives a shit. Stop it. Nobody. Stop nobody. It. So Bronwyn calling home to her husband reminds us there might only be one normal person on the show and it's a woman with seven kids and a crazy awful mother. <laughs> That's what I wrote for yeah, She's like, did you take the kids to the dental appointment? Yeah, that, I, I like, mean, that, how is Bronwyn yeah. the voice of sanity here? Like she has an insane life too, but yet she's completely normal somehow. She's like dialed in still. Like did the kids get, you know, <laughs> like, go see the doctor together right. cleaning. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about Bronwyn no. that's not going to like sort of betray your friendship? I will say this. That's who she is in real life. Mm-hmm. I always say that to her. She's like, well, isn't that the point of the show? And I say, <laughs> no, I don't think a lot of these women are the same on television as they are off. Like that's yeah. this, the way she talks, the way she laughs, the way she's scatterbrained. Her, the way she get can get super deep all of a sudden, that's exactly who she is. I think that she and I have very similar mother dynamics, and that's mm. the reason we have so many children, 
So when people go, oh, my God, how could this woman have seven children? I'm like, well, I'm not too far behind her. Yeah, Kate Um, has five for those of you who don't know. So she so I will say that she is very easily drunk. So (laughs) and she always drinks those skinny, uh, those skinny, spicy margaritas everywhere we go. And she's easily drunk. Well, she's like five feet, right? She's itty bitty, 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 but she gets drunk so fast. And there have been times where her husband's like, and we're out. And then he kind of like has to take her home. (laughs) He knows the turning point. And he's told me like, oh, she fell asleep as soon as we got in the car. So I don't know how she's going to keep up because I feel like these women will drink all day long. Shannon and Kelly can drink till the cows come home. How is that physically possible? I, I don't, don't. You're asking the that. wrong person, Kate. The wrong person. I mean, I one glass of wine, I'm toasted. So, but I'm Jewish, that. so that's like we have bad metabolism for alcohol. Is that right? That's what I've been told. Oh, but yeah. I'm Irish, and we're supposed to drink like you can't copious amounts of alcohol. I mean, I if I probably like in college, I felt like I built up my tolerance, but now. I feel, I always say I'm on that intermittent fasting diet, but not on purpose because I just don't ever get a chance to sit down and enjoy a meal or a glass. So if I do have a glass of wine, I probably would be wasted soon just because I don't get the ability to. But yeah, if I lived on, you know, an island for two weeks, I could probably get my Irish tolerance working in full Right. Yeah, not with those five kids. You know, I should have had five kids just to stay skinny. Now, from what you're saying, that could be a good, good diet. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm skinny. I'm just saying oh, that. I, I've seen you. I, you look good. I, I can't um, sit down and have a nice meal. You, right. But you don't even like most food anyway. So that's a whole other story. That's true. That, that's a that's true. That's <laughs> you're not true. missing anything. You're fine. <laughs> okay. So then we've got fight number 73, where the ladies come over to Shannon and Tamara's casita. And they get into it. Shannon starts in with Kelly. Kelly's very proud of her foreshadowing. She used that big word many times. Kelly shuts down Gina, which she does all the time. Gina leaves again. Gina's always leaving. She calls Kelly an animal. That was interesting. Kelly keeps <laughs> shouting at Shannon, what is wrong with you? Vicky's look from the bedroom is amazing. That, right? Her with a drop draw in the bedroom was classic, classic, classic. I guess, but I but I was just so distracted by her the smooth forehead. I, I was th- thinking more about the injection procedures she must have had done. And less Did she about, look different? Very different oh, again? She, she I mean, but looks she like always looks different. Yeah, and I find does. that the most distracting part. I think she was just happy to get some screen time, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's so weird to see her in this position. Do you agree? Like it's disconcerting because she's a friend. I'm not. I guess I'm just not used oh, to. Oh, I it. like. I like it much better. I find her totally. Um, no, no, I do too. But I'm just saying, pointless. it's so weird to have her as like a side character when she's been front and center for so long. But I do agree. I don't miss her. I forget about her. Oh, I forgot about her in a hot minute. I, I, I just don't feel like she brings value, and I, and I'm frustrated because I feel like Tamara and Shannon are still trying to make catch happen. It's like, yeah. bring, don't bring her back. That ship has sailed. It went around the harbor a couple times. We don't need to have her back. And they're like clinging, yeah, clinging to their lifeline. I agree. Well, goodbye, Vicky. We don't. Miss but that. I will say this: living in OC, I have so many women that say to me, "I would be open to being on the show, but I just don't want to be on a show with the Trace Amigas." <laughs> so I do think that the producers are in a quandary because. They want to bring people in, but they're terrified that if they get rid of too many people, that the show will totally fall apart. But mm. I do think that they've hit a, a, a moment where it's like, 
some of these, like Vicky has grandchildren and how is she really going to relate to Gina who has children that are like three and four? It, it doesn't, right. there's, it's too, it doesn't work out anymore. So they have to kind of swap some people out. I agree. I think it's, it's getting, st- I mean, it was getting stale and I think they were smart. People weren't, we're on this, we're on the fence about Gina and Emily in the first season. I kind of liked it. And you and I texted about this. I think Emily is great because of Shane. First of all, I like Emily, which is usually a problem. If I like a housewife and think that I could like have dinner with them, it's usually a problem because that means they're <laughs> not going to be that good on TV. Yeah. And I always said like, cause I, you know, produce unscripted and I always say that any talent that I become friends with means I won't sell their show because they're way too normal. Mm-hmm. So I feel that way a little bit about Emily, but her hot mess of a husband and that marriage makes her very interesting. And when Gina went off and said, what's up with you? You're doing burlesque for your father-in-law. I thought that pretty much summed that one up. Right. Somebody just told me that they met Emily. It was like this within this past week and she was with her kids. The cutest kids. And she said to the boys, she said of the boys like this one's sweet and this one's mean like his dad. I could totally see her saying that. Like oh my god, I say uh, list of top three worst house husbands. Number one, Jim Marchese, no question about it. I think he's a strong number two, Shane. He's pretty awful. And did we agree I, that Bellino's number three? Absolutely, without question, he's a yeah. solid three. He's t he, absolutely. But I think uh, I think Shane's pretty bad. I agree, top three. I, I'm just debating whether he's two or three with Bellino. That's a tough one. But Marchese, absolutely number one. He would, No one will knock him off of that. Not even Brooks. Do you think that Shane actually was studying for the bar? Do you oh, think such a good question. Playing video games in the basement? Do you think that there's another woman? Not another he, woman. Yeah. Not another man. <laughs> I think he's asexual. I do too. He's a little dork. Um, I Listen, I think he probably wasn't studying, but I think he did take the bar. I think I have confirmed that. And I think that he might have failed it twice, February and July, but I have not confirmed that. He definitely failed once, which we know. Um, yeah, I think you and I have talked about this. I think he, oh, by the way, I can reveal exclusively that he is fine with his portrayal on the show. What? Yeah. Let's just stop the pod right now, Kate. Oh, Jesus Christ. Even my okay. dog got excited. Do you hear him? He, he's like, what? Yeah, he's not. Like, oh, I got a bad edit. Oh, they're making me the villain. He's totally fine with it. So he really is a piece of shit. Newsflash. Then I think she needs to get off the show because this is that's that's just I don't like it. First of all, I don't think I think she does a disservice to all all women by staying married to this loser when she's a college educated professional woman like you're better than this. You don't even have sex with him. It's clear. Like, what the hell is the point? I understand she likes his parents, but you can certainly divorce them and still have a relationship with them. Oh, she's totally. not, she's not even Mormon. What is the point to this relationship? <laughs> there's no I, think, I don't think they've ever had sex, by the way. That's my theory. Cause she didn't I, carry I, the baby. There's no way. Yeah. There's just no way. I, there's zero sexual chemistry. <laughs> she needs to like go get a divorce and find someone who will sexually satisfy her because that's absolutely what she needs right now. I just don't, I, I find their story so unsavory. I don't like it. I think it's, and I, I just don't, and I don't, I don't feel like they're, they enjoy each other and therefore they don't enjoy their lives and therefore they're not even joyful around their children. And I, it's, I don't like watching it. Yeah. You don't like dark. That's, 
that's your, you know, I do. There's something wrong with me. I like dark in some ways. Like, for example, the greatest moment in Housewives history, in my opinion, was when Lori Peterson's new boyfriend, George, bought her a luxury car and and she was gifted with it in front of Vicky because there were so many layers to that. The classism issue, um, the jealousy, the bitterness, the resentment. That encapsulated all the things that I want to know about people who live behind gates. But I don't want to see people that are staying together because one of them needs a paycheck or is clinging to fame or is uh, feeling like they need to move into a second chapter of their life and want to be a TV personality. I don't like that because I don't think it would feel like it's they're authentically living within their own life. They're living something out for television. And that's the disconnect and why I'm not happy with it. Have you heard of the lily pad, what they call the lily pad housewives? So the lily pad housewife theory is that a lot of these women use the show as a lily pad to get out of their marriage. Like their marriage is already bad. And then this is a way to kind of solidify it. So Camille Grammer, perhaps Gina and Emily. Um, There's a lot of other examples that I'm spaying. Oh, Jules from New York. Kristen Takeman. I don't know. There's a bunch of. Um, what, but but do you think that, that they're that cunning or do you think they're people that say, I need something to occupy my attention because I don't get anything from my husband and I feel like um, I need something, I, I need to be fulfilled. And for them, that fulfillment is not with a job or with a social social impact project. It's with other people telling them that they love their bangle bracelets and their hair extensions. Right. But I'm saying, we're saying the same thing though, because they could also think that's a way for me to feel better about myself and therefore have the strength to get out of this shitty marriage. Whether that's I don't, subconscious I don't or think, not. I don't think they're that conscious of it. I don't think they're that smart. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So let's get back into uh, part two of the show. So we have our second fight with Shannon saying I've been nothing that a friend to you Kelly Kelly feels betrayed because she brought Vicky on the trip and Vicky ruined her life Kelly thinks that Shannon is a schemer so what'd you make of that whole fight who's which team are you on are you on anyone's team there's a lot I don't think I'm on either team and because I feel like I need some more information. I, I do appreciate that Kelly said that she was a schemer because I feel like she's beginning to pull the curtain back. And I think the other moment that you saw that was a little bit like that was when at the end of the episode, Kelly said to Vicky, you're trying to get dirt on each of us. So that's not really being supportive. Uh, then I was like, oh, but what's happening off screen? Give me more information. Yeah. Yeah. So I do appreciate that, but I need something more. I want to know because I believe did Bronwyn tell me this? Somebody told me this that they for that franchise they all hire private eyes on each other. What? Yeah. Holy shit! Why yeah. do I believe that? I definitely believe that. Yeah, like they they have like files on each other. You know that Vicky started that. That's got Vicky Gumbelson written all over it. She probably does the PIing herself. She's just psycho. Wow. That's upsetting, though. That actually feels too dark for me. It is. That's my point. It's too dark. And they're not friends. And they can see that the show is a sinking ship unless they make it entertaining. And I feel like a lot of people are ripping Kelly apart. But Kelly is really giving a lot of entertainment. And I think that Bronwyn is entertaining. But I think... 
knowing her personally, she's actually just too nice. Like she's a very nice person. She seems like, like a sweetheart. I have to say. She's not somebody who's like, how am I going to fuck this person? Yeah. <laughs> They're down on the ship. I mean, if you, she's already screwed, done that with her husband seven times. She doesn't need if to do you anymore. screwed with her kids. That would probably be a yes. different story, but like, she's not somebody who's like, Diabol- she is not a diabolical person. But I hope the show doesn't change her. Like, I hope she doesn't feel like to stay on. She's got to be like that, which if, I'm afraid sometimes happens to people. Can I also say something else that's great about Bronwyn? Yeah. Is that because you're, I don't think that this has sort of revealed itself yet, but she's this like very progressive mother. And she's uh, like, she's a big supporter of LGBTQT. And like, so I think that that's refreshing because historically people think orange County is full of like Dana Rohrbach, like super, super conservative people. And she represents kind of like the new orange County, which are these like a lot of progressive people. And she is extremely supportive of her very creative children. Her oldest children are in an art school and therefore. Uh Oh, I lost you for a second. Her, her oldest kids are in art school and then what? They're in art school and therefore their group of friends are very um, socially progressive. And so I think that I would like to them to sort of highlight that she's this very supportive mother, regardless of what their walk of life is. So that would be that. I wish that they would show that part. Yeah. Wow. Now I really love her. You've solidified my love for her. All right. So let's wrap this up with the end of the episode with fight number 136. They do the aerial yoga and it's super awkward because uh, Vicky shows up and then Vicky and Kelly aren't speaking. And then they well, first, sorry, Tamara lashes out at Emily saying, why didn't you invite us to Vegas? And she's like, it's fine if you don't like us. And then I was like, well, you don't like me. And it's just awkward because Emily's tells us in her testimonial that Tamara's been calling her Shrek and Tamara's like, I don't call you Shrek. And then we love our editors cut right back to she's Shrek. So <laughs> they're just so shady. I love it. Um, yeah. I it's think- basically, they just don't like each other and they all know it. Not only that, I feel like because Tamara has been on the show for so long, I don't, I think she sort of resents the way that Emily seems a little bit uptight. Listen, I'm totally projecting. I, this, this is my own degree in armchair psychology. Mm -hmm. I think the way that Emily comes on the show, I'm an attorney. I'm this business, like business attorney where Tamara's like, really? Because you've been to every housewives event and you've been trying to get on the show for a long time. So you don't want to have a glass of wine, like, you know, more than two glasses of wine. And you, and you want everybody to know that you're this corporate person, but you've been trying to get on the show for years. I think that's kind of what is like gets under her skin. Like but she hasn't said that you're saying that. Cause you know, that behind the scenes, right? I feel like that's what's going on behind the scenes. Like you act like you're too good for us, that you're a better person, that we're trashy, that we're pathetic, but you've been trying to get on the show for years. I think there's some of that going on. And I feel like Tamara's the kind of person that you kind of have to give her a little bit, a little back for her to like, like to appreciate you. I feel like also she feels like I'm doing the heavy lifting here. I'm basically ensuring that this is an entertaining show. And if you just come and mope around, you're not really helping the situation. Let's like (laughs) film some good stuff and then leave so we can go back to our houses and, you know. Yeah. We need more of Emily going, I'm going to fucking kill you. 
Remember that last season? That, that was good. I mean, I guess that wasn't even that good. I feel like oh, she's, really? she needs to be replaced. I think she's a lovely person. She seems very sweet, but I don't think she's great for this show. She would be good on another show. I don't know what that show is yet, but I could come <laughs> up with something. But I don't think she's great, good enough for Orange County Housewives. Okay, you said it here. Okay, very bold, very honest. And that's why we love you. Do you have anything else to add? What's going to happen next week? Um... I will say that I got a couple calls from Bronwyn during the season where she was very upset and felt like, I just feel like I went through a tornado. I don't even know what happened. So I feel like it's going to, the fighting's going to, it's going to really ramp up. And you might see me in one of the episodes (gasps) because I went to a birthday party at Bronwyn's house for her twins and they filmed it. That's exciting. I brought some of my kids, but I don't think I'm on camera because it was a circus themed party and all of her friends went over the top and <laughs> dressed up and I would look like I was at a yacht club in Connecticut. <laughs> Did you not get the memo about the circus? I feel like I read it, but I kind of was like, well, no one will really <laughs> I'm not do doing it. That. <laughs> and I also felt like it's being filmed. Like if I show up and looking <laughs> like, like a fire breather, people would be like, uh, nice one, Kate. <laughs> And it was, I have to say it was much more fun to kind of sit in the background and to, to quietly judge than anything. So what was it like? Any inside scoop on the actual filming and different from what we might see on the show? Well, I will say this. Um, it was a birthday party on crack. She had so many things going. She had face painters and ATVs and a jungle gym and a bouncy house. And there were so many things going on, a trampoline that it was like stimulation overload. There were so many people there and in the middle of the party, they're filming these little sequences. So she would jump over and talk to me about something normal and then run over. And then she would be in an argument with Gina and Emily. It was very weird. Her mom was definitely trying to get some camera time. And um, Gina also got her whole face face painted as a lion. So. Oh, right. We saw that flashback. So maybe that was another time. So I, two oh, times she really likes season, that. <laughs> she did face painting. So I, it was hard for me to not laugh in the background because they're having these really intense conversations, right. but she had a line. Well, that paint. always happens, right? We see them like as flappers or, you know, getting into these or the murder mystery in New York. Like they're always in these ridiculous costumes while they're having it out, which is what I love about the shows. Yeah. So there you go. All right, Kate, thank you for always having the inside scoop, always being so bold in your opinions. I love it. And thank you for being here on this important bonus emergency podcast. It's very important that we give the people what they need. You got it. Always here for you. Always. (laughs) You're the best. And tell us where we can find you if we don't already follow you everywhere like I do. So Reality Life with Kate Casey podcasts. You can find it anywhere where you find podcasts, Instagram at Kate Casey, CA, Twitter at Kate Casey, Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey. Or, as I always say, in the sanitary napkin aisle of CBS. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Kate. All right. Thank you. Thank you.